welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and WWE main roster of creative writers. Uh, yeah, y'all can kiss my. It is Eat Sleep Podcast. Repeat, FM 99 of the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast. I am Sean Hood. That is Dave Taylor. Stop ruining my favorite wrestlers. Stop it. Just stop it. In any event, we are here this week to talk <laughs> wrestling with you. Uh, we're going to do that, but first, got to get the business out of the way. There are lots of ways you can find us. First of all, you can go to FM99.com and 1069thefox.com. Right under the media tab, it says ESPR. Follow that right to us. Links you to our most recent episode on our SoundCloud page, and that's one of the ways you can find us. But you can also subscribe to us on basically all your favorite podcast apps. Just search ESPR Wrestling. Boom. That easy. Give us a five-star rating and review, please, if you don't mind. It does help us greatly. It gets us in front of more eyes, which is why we're moving up the charts in places like Botswana. And uh, we need your help with that. Uh, we would like to move up the charts here in America. That would be kind of cool, I guess, maybe, if it, if it could happen. In any event, uh, so there's that. You can also interact with us lots of different ways. You can email us, ESPR at FM99.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ESPR99 or Facebook.com slash ESPR99. With all that out of the way, Dave, we're going to do something we haven't gotten to do in the last few weeks because we've had a lot of other things going on. Yeah. So we're going to do the news. <laughs> So, um, bummer here, I mean, in regards to their planning, uh, Lars Sullivan is battling a knee injury that led to a match with Matt Hardy being pulled from this week's SmackDown television show. Ah. Uh, it's been, he's been getting a huge push, and ah. uh, it, let's hope this isn't serious for their plans, because otherwise, he, uh, th- this could be a big problem for them, because yeah. really, they clearly have had ideas for him. Yeah, well, maybe not a great idea, because Super Showdown was pretty lame with his match. That wasn't his fault. No, it wasn't. The whole show sucked. That wasn't his fault. I mean, it followed the trend. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but for a big guy in knee problems, that's not a good sign. No, it's not. Here's hoping uh, it's not too serious. I know there's a lot of mixed feelings right him on him right now because of some things he said online a long time ago. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm not justifying what he said. Uh, some of the wrestlers that work for WWE have said that, you know, he's talked to them about it and everything, yeah. and they believe that he's genuinely apologetic. Other people don't seem to buy that so much. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm just talking about this. From strictly a fiscal like business standpoint, it sucks that you're putting energy into this guy and now he's hurt. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. well the, the key is, is is where does he change? What I mean by that is, you know, is, is he allowed on the bus? Is is he is he changing in the locker room or is he changing in the hallway? You know, when you hear those stories about certain guys who there's beef with some, you know, I'm thinking of uh, Alex Riley or somebody who just miffed somebody the wrong way or, you know, and it's You like, know, at first I thought Dave was asking a good question. <laughs> I thought he was asking, like, how is he going to change as a person, <laughs> Grant, given how he was and his behavior and the things he said previously? Then I realized he's talking about his effing clothes. Um, damn it, Dave. Uh, <laughs> up next, uh, Killer Cross on why he asked for his release from Impact Wrestling. Uh, he was on the Wrestling Perspective podcast with hosts Petey Williams and oh, uh, Dennis Farrell. Or Farrell, I'm not sure how I'm saying that. And he confirmed that he asked to be released from his Impact Wrestling contract. He said he never asked for anything he didn't think he deserved or can contribute back, but I was led to believe it was not available. If you get it to a job and are told that something you are looking for is not available and then you find out six months later that that's not true, it's been available and others haven't, you can imagine that you'd be a little disparaged, to put it lightly. To be clear, I was totally fine at the end of the day with what I chose to accept. That's my responsibility and accountability as an adult. That's fine. But when there's a certain setting that you've been cultivated that has been cultivated, and then you find out that it's not entirely accurate once you're six months deep, it will make you effing angry. I don't know how else to say it. It makes you effing angry. It kind of makes you feel like they took you for a little bit of a stroll, so to speak. Um, a lot of people have been talking about how it's probably the 
the rumored thing is that it's money. He feels like he deserves to be being paid more because he's a big featured part of the show now. Yeah. And they couldn't, you know, the, the rumor is that they didn't have, they told him they didn't have the money and now he's finding out that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Not so great. Um, what's the contract that he signed? I'm not defending the company here, but I mean, unless they said, hey, we can renegotiate this and. Yeah. Um, he also brought up uh, Scarlett Bordeaux. Apparently, there was rumors that the, his his relationship with her might have been an issue uh, when she asked for her um, her own release from Impact. And he said, I can tell you, honestly, it had zero to do with me. I don't want to speak too much because it's a totally separate story, but I hope that the situation gets rectified because, in my opinion, it's worse than mine. People don't understand. She lives at home with her mom. She still has a side job. She works a side job to support her wrestling for Impact Wrestling. That's how bad it is for her over there. Wow. And again, big featured part of the show. They kind of lean yeah. on her heavily for a lot of their segments. So he's clearly not happy. Things still looking awful over there at Impact Land and not looking like they're getting any effing better. No, and you got John Morrison there as Impact. Uh-huh. Yeah, which I didn't realize he got married. So his, his yes, wife, too, and all that stuff. So. so I guess it would be Taya Impact now? Yeah. Or Taya Valkyrie Impact? Yeah. I don't or, know. Or it, yeah, Taya, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Valkyrie. Um, <laughs> thank you for confirming that I said word by word. Uh, All Elite Wrestling has announced Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the All Out event that's going to be held August 31st in Chicago, Illinois, at the Sears Center Arena. I'm excited about that. Omega and uh, Moxley should be a hell of a fight. I'm not expecting it to be too much wrestling. I'm expecting it to be more of a fight. Um, I, I I am looking forward to this. Just being an Ambrose fan. And like always, feeling like his potential like was never really reached. W- was was held back. Maybe yeah. maybe not because of his doing, right or whatever. Or maybe, right, you know. Because I like I'm probably the one guy who did like his Brock Lesnar match at Mania. I thought his Brock Lesnar match was fine, but I felt like they could have done a little more. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And actually, he's talked about that. There's a podcast. I want to say he did it with Jason. It was uh, somebody after the Jericho. It, one, not yeah. not pro. I think PW Torch. I think he did it with them. Yeah, um, yeah Wade Keller. I Wade think. Keller. You're right. That's who it was. Not Jason Powell. It was Wade Keller at the PW Torch. And he talked about that match. And if you haven't listened to it, I'm not going to give it away here. Go list. Go listen to it. It's very interesting information. And it's like I don't want to blame Brock because it's. Oh no, I'll blame Brock because well, but but it seems like getting to that because I'm wondering like if he's trying dealing with it and, and maybe but like what are they telling Brock. Like, what's the communication? I don't know that anybody tells Brock much. I think Brock tells you. <laughs> well, I think that's maybe how that that's goes. part of it where he's yeah. like, oh, we're going to be fine. But maybe, like, the communication lines when, when you know, he's Dean's finding out or you know, John's finding out these things. And then it's like, well, what does Brock know? Right. You know, um, and, and then they get there and they're like, well, damn, okay, well, we don't have time for this. Or, okay, maybe I don't want to do it, but we didn't talk about it prior to. Well, I'm excited. Well, then he should be there maybe a little more frequently to work things out with yeah, people. Yeah, like show up the Wednesday know, for rehearsal. Couldn't, couldn't yeah. help. Yeah, yeah, or couldn't hurt. Um, in any event, uh, so that should be a big match. I'm excited about that. Right now, they got two matches on the card, at least that I know of. There's that one, and there's Adam Page versus Chris Jericho for the first AEW champion. We'll see how that goes. Those are two. I'm into those two matches, man. And, and there's going to be three things you're going to hear there at that event: the letter C, and the letter M, and the word punk. Because they're they're gonna expect him to show up, and he you know he's he's he, like he he even tweeted about you know not letting down his fans. Yeah, you know what? But he tweets a lot of things, then he trolls people. He does because he did. Tro- you see the he, video he released where he was like, <laughs> "I'm proud to announce the new AEW signing," and then it was I can't even remember who some guy from the '80s or '70s or something like that. <laughs> and then the uh, the OC fighter he trolled about um, getting hold of a guy and saying, "Hey, we'll give you these millions of dollars if you walk out of your match or whatever." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I, I 
Look, if he shows up, that would be great for them as a promotion, just because it would get a lot of buzz for them in the wrestling community all of a it, sudden. It, it will, it will. But he's, but I mean, he's well past his prime at this point. He's been out of the ring for so long, and I got to be honest: does anybody care anymore? Really, really, does anybody care about him anymore? Or are we just gonna? Will we be excited? Like when Daniel Bryan came back, we'll be excited for five minutes, and then we'll give up because that's how the IWCB, baby. Well. It's going to depend on like if he who he's fighting or what the booking is. Because the Daniel Bryan comeback was great until they they ruined it. Oh no, I agree. But like he announced his comeback, and I mean even before he got into a feud, really, even before they did yeah. anything, the response to him died almost immediately. You know what I mean? It was it was. I mean wow. they still cheered for him, but it was nothing like Cause, it cause was. They teamed up with Shane McMahon. Shane Again, O'Mac. I'm not talking about that right away. But it's you know it's it's they they popped for his for yeah, him announcing yeah. he was back, and then after that nobody was really excited ever again. And I hate to break it to you, Daniel Bryan was in a lot of crap stuff beforehand, and people still rallied behind him. You yeah. know, so I mean, yeah, the booking is important, but if we really truly care about the person, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna root through all that. Like, look at what happened to Kofi. Yeah, they damn sure tried to ruin that, but the fans stayed behind him. They did. They did. Uh, they tried they with wishy-washy Becky on Becky a little is, bit, yeah. but she's still popular. Uh, it, it's yeah. Which, which, by the way, can we can we get over with the Lacey feud because it's just dragging. Oh her. my it's, god, it, it's dragging her down because when when, when, Becky, when Becky has to Lacey's talented. Yes, but. Becky just is is is, just is over uh, up here. Yeah, and Lacey's down here. I, I don't know who the fight. I was gonna say Alexa, but Alexa's fighting Bailey because you gotta have a raw person fighting your SmackDown champion, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, because Dave, the roster changes don't mean anything anymore. No, no. Because now we have this stupid rule of of you know it's the, what, wild, the wild card, card wild rule, card. which is the dumbest thing ever. Just I'm sorry, get just get rid of the roster split at this point. You, yeah. You've made it meaningless. Like I'm one of those people who's like, I see the benefits of a roster split, but only when you stick to the roster split. Yeah, yeah. Poor Mandy Rose, who, who you know, like is on the cusp right now. Yeah. I've been trying to take that. for Sonya Deville. Yeah. I well, that, I, that girl never gets a chance, and she no, deserves one. But but I, I think they're they're building into that. I think it's going to But happen. I don't think it's going to matter at this because point. Because they're going to screw it up yeah. and, and make her kind of like, yeah. Yeah. And what the hell is Dana Brooke doing right now? She out parking the car somewhere? Like, I, I mean, dude, I, I don't I even they know were like, at this point. You know, I don't even like, know. Well, you're a good fill-in, but we don't need you right now. And up next, uh, somebody who actually, they briefly bring up something that um, we're going to talk about in our next segment. Uh, John Cena was asked whether Goldberg and The Undertaker should retire following their match at the WWE Super Showdown event. Cena said he feels that an individual's career is up to the individual. I've been having the same conversation with myself, and I'm only 42. Now, that seems to me like he's not outright saying it right there, but is John Cena at the end of his career? Well, I mean, he didn't have a match at Mania. He made an appearance, which, like, The Rock kind of does. Right. You know, I think uh, they said in 2018 he only had something like 35 matches all year or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And he's had even less this year well, so far, it, Well, he did know? the um, – uh, I remember the Australian show. Which yeah. he came in, you know, he barely is in the match. He did right. his, he did the you know the five moves of Doom or the six one, where the hell he has now. Right. And then he had nice speech afterwards. Yeah. And it kind of felt like, oh, that's too bad that wasn't another I mean, nothing wrong with like doing the show in Australia, but it wasn't a major pay per view. Right. Where it had a little bit more connection to it. But but that could have been his combined Australia because he goes, I'm not coming back here again. Um he did the thing with Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. And I don't rem- he got hurt for the rumble, it was not in the rumble. Right. And I don't remember seeing him wrestle since, and he made the appearance and beat up Elias at Mania, but I think the Becky Lynch tag match might have been his last TV match. Very well might have. It very well might have. Um, I mean, he, he, there's no reason for him to really hang at this point if he doesn't want to. No. Because he's done, he's done everything you can do. He's had the longest, with the, <laughs> with the exception of 
maybe Hulk Hogan. How long was Hogan at the top? Well, Hogan had like two reigns, if you will, because he went away. Right, right, right. But I mean, if we combine them, back. how long was he at the top of, of WWE? Uh, it's looking at like 84 to say 90, beginning of like part of 92. Okay. So roughly about eight, a, so eight, we'll roughly eight years. Eight years, eight years yeah. Cena oh. had a decade. Oh, Cena, Cena had a lot more than that. Yeah, you Cena, know what I mean? Cena's... And I promise you, Cena had more five-star matches than Hogan. Yes, yes. Cena had more five. And I, people are going to yell at me. They're going to holler about this. But you're wrong if you argue with me. Cena had more five-star matches at the at the top yes. than Stone Cold did. Yes. Cena had more five-star matches at the top than The Rock did. And Cena had more five-star matches at the top than Hogan did. Yes. Now, a lot of that is due to the fact that he was there for 10 years. And yes, he did become overexposed. And yes, he was there too, too much. But the fact and, of the matter is he carried that company Superman. on his back. But he did. He had, yeah. he had tremendous matches. Yeah. And some that, you know, if people complain or whatever, like, ah, he won a lot. He lost a lot, too. He really did, actually. You go back and look. He did lose a lot, but he, I mean, he won. The, I think the key thing was that he he won in scenarios that didn't make as much sense, and that was the problem. The, the, the Nexus thing, which he's The Nexus thing. Afterwards. Now, he shouldn't have necessarily won that, yeah. necessarily. But, I mean, you could even do it in a way where he wins it. He doesn't have to look like Superman doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah. come up with a more logical way to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and some stuff in the third thousands, just the ridiculous stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. But he was the guy. And I, and I get why, like, why he got booed. And then after a while, it was more like, well, we're booing you, not because we hate you, but because it's like, it's almost like out of respect when he came out. You yeah, know, a little bit. You know, and then the whole, like, let's go Cena, Cena sucks kind of thing. Right. Uh, you know, but Cena's match, it was weird because... When he fought Shawn Michaels at, at WrestleMania 22, and I was at that show. Yeah. There was, no, it was 23. And, uh, you know, there wasn't really a lot of hate for him. You know, it was a tremendous match for what it was. I mean, it was a good, like, kind of like passing of the torch. Well, 22, yeah, I was going to say it was a long time ago. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. that was before he started being the really hated guy. And, and, and then for 24. Right. Because that, that's because he had the, the injury, and he came back at the Rumble. Right. And, and he had the match, the triple threat with Randy Orton and Triple H. Yeah. It, that was a little bit more... Hatred. It was kind of weird because Triple H, Trips was still kind of the guy, and Orton was the heel in that situation. He won the match, right? You know, you know that the outcome like shocked a lot of people there. But that, but there was the let's go Cena. You know, Cena sucks thing was started. That was two thousand eight. Yeah. So it's about the time where yeah. I was going to say that was probably really the time frame where it's really started to grow. Yeah. You know. Um. But again, the dude busted his ass for so long. He does. Yeah. I, I, if he's ready to call it a career. Good for him. Yeah, let him do stuff on NBC. Let him do you know? some movies that won't and be I mean, maybe he looked rock. at Taker and Goldberg and said, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. <sighs> no. And now we're going to talk more about that coming up here shortly. So matter of fact, let's go ahead and do this right now. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. We're going to dive into some listener uh, messages, mail, and whatnot. And we're going to talk about Goldberg and Undertaker from Super Showdown. So uh, stick around for that. Remember to contact the guys at ESPR at FM99.com with all your comments, topics, and thoughts. But please... Keep the fan fiction to yourselves. You can also follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Just search ESPR 99. And we're back. And um, normally I know what you're expecting. You're expecting us to do a review of WWE Super Showdown. Uh, no. No. That's okay. what you get. No. Only three things I really want to mention about the show. Okay. Well, what, why don't you name two? Because there's a third one we're going to talk about. Uh, What's the other two? The stupidity of the whole Baron Corbin-Seth Rollins match mm-hmm. with Baron in the rough now, which sets up. Like so, he just automatically gets a rematch. It did, it just made him look like an idiot, even yep. bigger than what he is, mm-hmm. and it just it just was dumb. Yep, dumb. Uh, Shane McMahon winning, and now the word is like the rumor is he's going to be Kofi Kingston in one of these shows. Oh dear God! Like I to a degree, I understand you push this guy, and he it works because he gets heat. I understand yeah. that, and that works. 
but he's got to get his comeuppance at some point. And just getting his ass kicked but still winning doesn't really count. No. He needs to get beat at some point. He, d- he did Miz absolutely no favors. I mean, I can almost get, I can almost understand doing it to the Miz like that and, you know, somebody else. But, like, Roman Reigns losing to him like that makes no sense. Yeah. Because um, when you that know, happened, I was just like, because I was just waiting for him to be destroyed. But, you know, when he's kicking out of Spears or whatever else, and or whatever the hell is he kicked out of. I always, I, see, now I'll, I'll always give Shane O'Mac cre- like, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to kicking out on stuff because he's the guy who always did the crazy crap and yeah, still managed yeah. to survive. So for me, it's like it's like mankind. It's like the dude just manages to absorb all this punishment for some reason. So I give him a benefit on that. Now, when you have him out just flattened out and out, out wrestling somebody, Get the hell out of here! Yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah. Well, like when be. he beat yeah Dolph Ziggler for the best in the world, but this, but this thing, like think of Survivor Series a couple of years ago when like Rain speared him when yeah. he came out the top rope and the spear just b- b- basically killed Shane McMahon yes. where he thought he was never going to wrestle again. Yeah, where Shane's kids were freaking out and Randy Orton had to calm him down, and then like but he still kicked out like yeah. like you know <laughs> you know and then like and then they they got him out of the match because he realized oh this dude just got messed up but I don't know it's just. I mean, What's don't get me wrong. You're killing your talent for a, a McMahon. Yeah. Oh wait, well, that's never happened and, before. Well, no, never. I feel like, <laughs> I, but I feel like they have in their minds they have a payoff for this. They, they do, they, and I'm sure they do. But the problem is the way you're getting there is faulty in the sense that you, you're dragging it out too long. Yeah. And you're picking up wins that nobody believes. Now it's one thing if you get a win and it makes us angry for the right reason. It's another thing when it's just like, come on, you know? It's, yeah. It's, like and I hate and I hate to say this, okay? I would believe he could beat Kofi before I'd believe he could beat Roman Reigns. Now, granted, yes, he did have help from Drew McIntyre, and McIntyre hit him with that Claymore kick and whatnot. But that being said, I've watched Roman Reigns kick out of like five F fives or yeah, something or whatever. Yeah, so don't and that don't tell me one Claymore kick was enough to do this job. Um, well, it's the way Shane covered him. Yeah, you know, the Shane O'Mac cover. Oh right, of course. That's because he wore him down. It's all in that. Like, like it's all in that. It, it's, it even looked believable in Survivor Series when he went toe to toe with Roman. It, it look looked better. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge Roman fan, but like, I was like, really? This is what you're gonna do to your not maybe not top guy right now, but one of your biggest stars in the company yeah. is is this stupidity? Yeah, no, I agree. And he's <sighs> wrestling far too frequently too. That's another thing. I yes, think the these matches wears would, off. The, the novelty wears off from when we have to watch him repeatedly beat these guys at at every show, and it, it's like okay, at a certain point you need to start spacing these out. Yeah. He's the boss's son. He runs this show. He could get out of having matches. He could find a way to weasel out of doing matches over and over. Exactly. And that's the thing: make people want to see him in the ring. Don't make us expect it. What you know? What worked for like? And I'm glad you mentioned that because there was guys like where he can go. Well, you can fight this guy for me. Like, yeah. You think of like. When Honky Tonk was a champion and Honky Tonk would run or whatever, people want to see him get his ass kicked. Well, even Vince. Yeah. Vince, for so long, dodged a match with Stone Cold before it finally happened. And even then, when it happened, it was a schmoz finish. Yeah. And they got out of it that way and they had to get back to it later. They dragged that out so long. Vince wasn't wrestling every other week. Yeah, it, it built up. Yeah. You know? And to a degree, I'm like, you should do the same thing with Shane. Shane has these guys around him. The Revival. the Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Um, you know, different, he has different Elias. people around Elias. Why aren't these guys being used? And at the same time, you could elevate them because they can become the focal point of the feud. Yeah. You know, because Shane's not going to be involved. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like the boss man in the Heaton family where I'm, I'm going to go through all your, you know, family members or whatever. There's no, there's no family here, but you know what I'm saying? But yeah. just make it sound like, but it, it did good for the other guys because they put them in featured matches. I mean, the barbarian having a featured match against the boss man or something. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. I agree. So. Oh. 
In any event, uh, it's annoying. But the third thing we're going to talk about from Super Showdown, which, by the way, was terrible. Um, it's a real shame because we're coming off these weeks where we had an AEW show that was great. We had an NXT show that was great. And then we had Super Showdown, which was the drizzling S's. I'm not going to say the word, obviously, but Lord. Like, it's real. it really shows you within a, under a bright spotlight the difference between the three brands. Yeah, yeah. And it's killer because NXT is the same effing company, but you can't seem to get on the same level as them. It's no, ridiculous. no. I mean, the best thing in that show was Finn Balor and Andrade. That was it. And that was okay. Yeah. But okay, you yeah. know? Um, the final match of the evening, Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Now, here's the thing. All right, right away, Dave was asleep because the entrances took forever. Yeah. Uh, I did fast forward through those. I did think that they both, <laughs> I did think that Goldberg in particular I thought looked good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you what, for anybody complaining, his age, you would not look that good ever. No. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to say this, the match, I think the match, bell to bell, I mean, when you, if we count them walking out and everything, if we... Uh, we're talking bell to bell. What is this? Eight minutes? Nine and a half. Okay, nine and a half. But, right. But a lot of that was because of some. But the first five about. or six minutes were okay. We're we're not bad. Loved they, it. They were high spots. They were pretty much what Goldberg was doing when he was there for this last run, and he was yeah. entertaining. Okay, it was going well. It was going fine. His match against Lesnar, one of my favorite mini matches. Also, I'm going to say this by the, way, one, by the way. His spears in the Undertaker looked far more controlled than a lot of spears we've ever seen him throw. Like he looked like he understood. He's in there with a guy in his fifties. Yeah. A dude with bad hips, a dude with bad knees, bad, you know, not a guy he wants to hurt. So he tried to do these a little more, like, working spears, right? Either way, I thought they were doing a good job. Then Undertaker gets out of the way when Goldberg's going to run and, you know, shoulder charge into the corner. And Goldberg hits his head, okay? <sighs> Goldberg hit his head hard. Hard. He split his head wide <laughs> open. Like, I'm not going to hear it. No, but... You saw, I mean, literally, like Goldberg dives in and it's, yeah. like, you know, I mean, it's, it's bad. That's going to pop the mic so hard there, but it's, he, he's hurt so badly at that point, And you can tell instantly that something's wrong. Now, yeah. he's bleeding like crazy, which is happening. Guys are okay. Yeah. Can, you but you can tell head, something's wrong. Like before the match or whatever, but yeah. holy crap. Yeah. This was like, if this was not the main event, this I think would have been stopped or they would have done something else. I think so else. too. I think so too. He ends up. In a really bad way. There's one part in particular I remember. I think it was before the first choke slam, the one that actually looked good. Yeah. Where Goldberg is against the ropes and he's taking forever to pick himself up and turn himself around. He's not. This doesn't look like selling. This looks like a guy who's in trouble. Yeah. He turns around. They get the choke slam off. It looks good. Boom. Pin him. I get it. It's not the finish you want. I understand that. Pin him here. Something's clearly wrong. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking about this. When Goldberg kicked out, I'm like, no. And now part <laughs> of that's on Goldberg too. You gotta, you know, he he should have known. But at the same time, but, he's but you can't you can't put that on the guy with a concussion. Yeah, to know better because he's got a concussion. Okay, um, he kicks out Taker, and I will say this: Taker looked kind of annoyed when he kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> like I think maybe Taker even thought that should have been it, you know. But they keep going. Uh, Undertaker throws on a tomb, one of the scariest looking tombstones I've seen in a long time, I, and I've seen a lot of people blaming Goldberg on this. They're like, "Oh, he didn't get up there enough. Oh, he didn't get his arms wrapped around." I'm sorry, I'm watching the video back. When Undertaker's set up for it, he's got his arms around the back, and you can see his fingers together. Yeah. He's holding on around Taker. Okay, getting Goldberg's body up once he's upside down is on is on Taker. It, now, yeah, because that is not a move you can and cannot jump for. But Goldberg's a heavy guy. Goldberg is a heavy guy, and Taker, when he jumped, if you watch, he tilts when he goes to jump. And I'm not blaming him for this. I think it was just a mistake. 
I think it was it was it was just something that happened. And I'm not saying this from a perspective of I know how to wrestle, I know the safe way to do this. I don't. I'm just saying it as somebody who has watched him do this move a million times. Usually, what happens is he kind of bends down a little bit, extends his legs to yeah. make it look higher, and then drops down to his knees. This time, he tried to do that. I feel like, and his knees gave a little bit, and he bends over instead of just going straight up and down. And so what happened is when he goes to drop it, he's going forward at that time and tilting forward. His upper body is tilting forward, and he loses Goldberg a little bit, and Goldberg comes down on his damn head. Yeah. Now, again, yeah, scary too. I am te- I'm saying this from a completely naive perspective of a fan. I am not a wrestler. I could be entirely wrong about how, how this move is performed. I'm just saying it looks like Undertaker got a little got loose on it. Not yeah. intentionally. I think he just got loose. What has usually made this move effective yeah. is wrestlers with long hair. So right, they're, 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 high, they're, they're higher up. They're they're more protected. Right. It's the guys, you know, the Batistas of the world, the guys right. with the short hair. The move does get exposed a little bit more. Right. But so then we've got a guy who already has a concussion who got redropped on his head. Okay, sure that was good for him. Um, then he gets up because you know he has to, and yeah. um, he he goes. Uh, what was it? Uh, he he goes to to jackhammer, Undertaker. Yeah, awful jackhammer. It like it was Goldberg a- clearly couldn't get him up. Undertaker got himself over. Yeah, but Taker, but Undertaker, but Goldberg couldn't get him up and just brought him over right down on top of his head and neck. I will credit the announcers. Yeah, because they they say oh it's a, they call it the brain buster. Yeah, because which is an old move which is kind of banned for you can see reasons for why. a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, but but that's because he obviously it's tried. Kind of banned. This is kind of banned. It's not really. It's kind of banned. <laughs> Can't really do the WWE's. Much. Yeah. Although yeah, the yeah. revival did it at Mania, and I was like, oh. But that is a move that was obviously not his intent. But but no. the, the announcers covered it because if the announcers be, tried. But again, that was another move where it's like, Jesus, this match should have ended. Goldberg just almost it, killed Undertaker. It, it, and I think even the announcers were like, we could, you know, like not stop this match, but. If something Jim, something it, has to happen. Yeah, because if Jim Ross was there and be like, stop the damn match, like he can't yeah. go. I, yeah, you know, I mean that's it. Something an audible should have been called here by somebody in a better position. Yeah, yeah. Um, because clearly Taker and Goldberg weren't doing what was best for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Taker almost yeah, he almost gets concussed. He almost gets concussed. They go for a counter tombstone thing, and that didn't work at all because Goldberg can't hold himself up. No, he can't. No, you know he tried and he yeah. fell over and yeah, it looked it, awful. And they went for a choke slam that again didn't look great. And then he pins in one, two, three, and it's awful. Here's the thing. Everybody dumped all over this ending. Oh, it's terrible. First of all, shut the hell up because none of us could have done any better. No. We're all out of shape slobs sitting at home criticizing (laughs) these guys busting their asses. Secondly, um, these two guys tried so hard, and the only thing thing I really think went wrong was Goldberg knocked himself stupid. Yeah. So what what I generally think might have happened is I think when they went for that tombstone spot that was so scary. Again, I'm not laying that all on Taker. Yeah. I think Goldberg, he was holding on behind his back. I'm not sure it was tight. Like his arm, I'm not sure his arms were tight around yeah, Taker yeah. to hold himself in position. So I think when Taker did that lean, he started losing Goldberg a little bit. Yeah. Because Taker, and again, Goldberg's concussed. The man's trying. I just, I get so mad when I saw all these people dumping all over them for this finish. I'm like, you do realize that, like, both of them almost died, right, with yeah. these moves. Yeah. Like, could you give them a little bit of credit? I mean, yeah, they should have stopped it sooner, and yeah, it looked bad, but they tried to get through this ending. And, and who, who do you, not like, where, where does the blame fall on that? Okay, not not blaming the competitors. But I was going like, to say, I don't feel like I blame either guy. But, you know, you know, I mean, the ref has a near piece going on. You know, it's 100-plus degrees in that arena. Right. You know, they're obviously— And Goldberg is a guy who gets hot quick. We know that. We yeah, see him yeah. sweat from talking. <laughs> 
So, and that's um, part of it too, because he could have been slippery. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, take care. Uh, I don't think the blame falls on either competitor, really. Um, but you know, but why, I think somebody should have made a call to stop the match. Yeah, I think they should have made a call next time. Undertaker gets tell tell Taker get Goldberg down and just fast count him if you have yeah. to. It's yeah. over. Like get it over, go home. Yeah. Or why did like they could have even done? And they just happened one of the NXT shows mm-hmm. at the t- one of, like a year or two ago where somebody was bleeding. Yeah, and the ref comes in and checks on him. Like nobody did that. No, like, like no nobody. You know, I even felt like the ref was slow to get to the gloves. Yeah, like it's, I was like, what was happening here? But like like the dude is is it's a crimson mask, almost like the old style. And like I, and it, but to mess. me, the the ending of that show was just. Of course it happened at that show. Yeah. You know, of course it happened at that show. Fitting. Yeah. Because of how crappy we all expected this show to be, of course the thing ends like a wet fart. Yeah. It's just not, it it, it wasn't satisfying, and that's a real bummer because I was genuinely enjoying the first few minutes of the match. Yeah, I, I, because I, 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 I saw the comments, and I got I to block some wrestling groups because I, I need to, because I, like something got spoiled for me. Yeah. And it was like, like, I saw the comments where people were crapping on it, and I'm like, well, I, I got to see what happens. I'm watching this and I go, this is fine. And, th- and, then it, and then it gets hurt. And I'm like, well, I'm not blaming the wrestlers for that. You can say oh, they're old or whatever else. They could still have it. It's it just when a guy gets hurt, you, you got that's that part of the equation that screws up everything. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, I think it was, it was uh, Jeff Hardy and Edge years ago when mm-hmm. they had the big feud and they, they busted himself open to the match and they ended up like, stopping the match or whatever because he was a, a bleeding mess or whatever. But yeah. then, then there's another time with Eddie Guerrero. It looked horrible on that. Oh in that my god, with JBL, just Jesus. Oh, that's tough to watch. It is. It was way too much blood. Way too much blood. Um, but yeah, it, it was. It was an ugly ending. It was awful. But really, get off these guys' backs. Undertaker, you know, tried to work Goldberg through it. Goldberg damn near killed himself <laughs> at that point. Uh, okay. It was a bad ending. So, do you do this again, or do you just move it on and say, Bill, thank dude, you. I don't. I don't know what you do because I, I completely understand Goldberg and Undertaker's logic of being like, that can't be the way this goes down. Yeah. You know, I completely get that. But at the same time, I'm like. Do you roll the dice do you, again? Yeah. Do you try that again at any point? I mean, they're not going to get younger between now and then. And, you know, but I mean, they could do it in a more controlled environment, a place that's not 100 plus degrees, a place that, you know. Yeah. I I, I don't know what you do in that regard in the sense. So I'm like, because if it goes back again, I, I still don't think Goldberg wins. No. You know, no. so it's like, not okay, now, well, no. but how do we end the match? Because clearly we're not comfortable with ending it with a tombstone or with a with chokeslam yeah. because that's not enough to pin Goldberg. Give him a last, think of this, you go for the Ain't last no ride. last ride. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, so how do you beat him? I, I don't know how you get a finish out of that that's going to work. Because if I'm t- if I'm Taker and Goldberg, I'm not feeling safe going back to the tombstone. And here, here's something I'm going to throw in there because I don't, I don't want to, because I know we talked, and I was like, well, I could take this side of it, but I want to take this side of it. Like, what is left for them? Because we talked about John Cena in retirement. Yeah. What is left for these guys to prove? And, and I, I, I have respect for Goldberg. I know people bitch because he, he wrestles the short matches or whatever. Yeah. That's always been his style. Yeah. I mean, the second Brock Lesnar match at Mania, I always loved it. It was dramatic. I think it's great. Yeah. It, it was outstanding. It was yeah. the best thing of that, that night. But, like, but like, what is else does he need to do? I mean, what, what are their challenge or whatever? He's not going to go fight Triple H again or whatever. And I, have I a, genuinely you know, don't know. And for Taker, you know. There's really nothing randomly. for either of them left. With Goldberg, Undertaker was pretty much the only thing left. Yeah, you know, so I, I kind of understood why he wanted to come back and do that match. I get that. Yeah. I, there, but at this point, I can't think of a thing that's left for either of them. No, really. No, you know. And by the way, Taker or they had him blow off Mania to do this match. 
Yeah. Because he came out like the next night with the choke slam Elias or whatever, and then we see this. Yeah. So this is what we didn't get at Mania. Yeah. So okay. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Just just <sighs> Dave, Dave's over here just rubbing his eyes. He's not yeah. happy at all. Uh, um, in any event, uh so that's what our thoughts were on uh Super Showdown and the ending there. Um, you know what I said we weren't going to, but let's go ahead and take a quick break real fast. Okay. And then we'll come back and uh, we'll dive into some listener stuff, right. uh, emails and messages and whatnot. So stick around. Miss an episode of ESPR? Find previous episodes and interviews with WWE superstars like Seth Rollins. Do you miss doing the curb stop? I love that move. Oh, yeah, we all did. <laughs> the Miz. Well, it is the most must-see podcast of all time, isn't it? Yes. It's the best one. It's the most must-see. It's awesome. It's, what is it, eat, sleep, repeat, eat, sleep, something, eat. another thing? Who yeah. cares? Who cares? It's amazing. Just search ESPR on all your major podcast apps. And we're back, and it is time for us to dive into some listener mail. Hit that music, Dave. Bam. I love it. The bam at the beginning is the best part. Uh, we got a letter here from Josh McGinnis. Uh, Josh oh. said, I'm back, B-words. <laughs> all right. Jerk. Uh, he said, I've been on a writing hiatus because I've basically given up on WWE proper. I was at SmackDown and Providence, but outside of that, I've lost interest. But I'm here for the revolution. I'm here for the AEW, and I'm still here for New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you haven't watched Dominion, you need to because I'd love to hear Hood's breakdown of the actual wrestling part and Day's input in the general sense of the event. All right, cool. Uh, we'll have to look into that, see if there's a way for us to check that out. Yeah. Also, on the topic of New Japan, uh, to tie into WWE, do you think Vince is worried about Moxley and the G1? Mox excelling post-WWE after the hero send-off. He got has to hurt WWE's look and brand. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, anybody succeeding after WWE, I don't feel like hurts them at all. Yeah. Um, what they say or you know whatever could hurt them a little bit, but you know I don't feel like Moxie's being that damning of them. He he's been critical about some things. But yeah. It's not like he's out there being like it's the worst. I wasted yeah. six years of my life. I blah blah blah. You know what yeah. I mean? He's, he's I mean, not. He, he liked it to some frustrations. Yeah. Yeah. And back in back in the day, okay, this is going to show my age. When superstars were leaving either a territory or an organization, they would be jobbed out. That's usually because you'd say, "Okay, I'm on the way out." You know, who can I put over? Right. You, you would see that lots of guys. You know, Dusty. Uh, this for his first run in the WWE when he was going out. You know, losing to the Taker, losing to the DiBiase, and you know, it's just that's just what guys did. Or it was always a sign of a heel turn because you lose like 50 times to be, you know, and then all of a sudden, hey, now I'm a good guy and I'm going right. to beat everybody for a month or two and then job again. Uh, Corey Parrish in his email as well. He also said, also see, on the same vein, seeing John Moxley in New Japan, he's just a completely different wrestler. Like if this guy has was wearing a mask, I might be able to figure out who he was from his finisher, but even that has some extra mustard on it. Yeah, because now he does like the, the hang, he lifts him up in the air and does yeah. the Dirty Deeds DVD. And I can't remember what he calls it, but uh, that's that's his new that's his new move. Um, he said, if you haven't seen either of those matches or Dominion in general, it's definitely worth your time. I did see his match at, uh, there, uh, that one in particular. So, um, But I do kind of want to watch Dominion. So there's another person that says we need to watch Dominion. So we yeah, check yeah. That and, out. and Juice Robinson. That's, that's, that's right, against that's, Juice Robinson. Yeah, that's yep. who he beat. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Josh I also said, it's crazy to think that Cody Ibushi came into Dominion IWGP Intercontinental Champion uh, since winning it at Supercard of, Supercard of Honor. But he also competed in the WWE Cruiserweight Classic. Man, what 205 Live could have been. If they took it serious, man, you're right. What, yeah. what it could have been. I'd also like to point out here that uh, this is a correction. Josh McGinnis uh, criticized me a while back uh, uh, saying that uh, he was talking about uh, an episode where I said I disagreed with him on something. He said he re-listened and 
He goes, I don't know why I got so offended. ESPR number one fan, Josh. He said, big, <laughs> big smooches. Ah. Um, so thanks for that, Josh. <laughs> really, it didn't bother me all that much. Yeah. I was just very confused about what he meant. Um, that just popped up randomly. But then also, James wants to know, who might be crowned the first AEW champion? Well, it's either Jericho or Paige. Um, who do you go with, you think? I, I think if it's going to be a one-time, he's going to have it, is Jericho. I don't know, man, but 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 I like, but because you know, I kind of felt like Paige is giving this bone because of you know he didn't get his match or whatever else. It was a good big big surprise, right? Well, Paige was in a match that was going to determine the number one contender originally. So I mean, wasn't he? Who who was he wrestling? He was wrestling Pac, right? Originally, wasn't that to determine who was going to be in one of the matches? Maybe not. I don't know. Because I feel like they added that stipulation after he got put into the battle. Maybe that's what it was. Okay, yeah, Yeah, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um. But I, I, you know, I could see it going both ways. Big crowning moment with Adam Page, but I could also be see it being Jericho. He's he's got the name. He he's been doing this thing about how he legitimizes AEW, and so him being the first champion, he could be he could always but, bring that out. Yeah, see, well, he could. But would people be like, "Oh, it's Jericho"? Because then, like, when this give people a right to complain, it's like, "Well, it's the same guy winning the title if he'd been this guy instead of a fresh right. guy." I think people might forgive so, Jericho a little bit. Both ways to look at it. Um. I think people might forgive Jericho a little but bit. But if he's right. going to have it one time, let him be the first guy. Then get it off of him. Right. Let it be, you know, Page. Let it. Let him, you know, another, maybe one last Kenny Omega fight, and then have have Kenny move on. And with well, the way he got Moxley too, God, can you imagine Moxley and Ambrose in a a Sandless Challenge match or something? Can you imagine something like that? I don't know. Uh, he also <laughs> wants to know why TNA is on such an obscure network that Cox Cable doesn't even carry, um, because it sucks. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not even TNA anymore. It's Impact. Yeah. But uh, it, because it sucks, it's it's terrible, and nobody wants to carry it. That's why it's tough. Because I like watching Ring of Honor when I remember that it's on, but it's on such a like an odd time. An odd time. Yeah. yeah. And it's like man, but like it's enjoyable. Like I, I I like them, and they're a good number three, I guess. He also has a good question here: Is Chris Jericho this generation, like the '90s version of Ric Flair? And I mean, like different character, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of get what he means. You know, he's he's been wrestling for a long time. He's, he has a certain status. He has a certain status. He's achieved. He's kind of moving from company to company, and now he's going to the competition, which he did before. You know, which was a flair thing. Um, I, I not, not I the think quality could, wrestler. I, I would say there's a difference there. I, I, mean, I mean, I don't I, know. I would say Flair had to me more like the matches with Steamboat and Funk and uh, yeah. But I mean, you could point to stuff like that with Jericho. I mean, you just got to point to the right opponents. I mean, you could point to with him and I mean, him and Triple H had a great feud. Him and uh, John Cena had a great feud. Him and uh, I mean, look at his stuff when he was in WCW, ECW. I mean, he had great matches with oh. guys like Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero. Oh, that was good stuff. Um, I mean, he's had a few great feuds with Rey Mysterio. He had it's Shawn Michaels, so he's had great stuff too. I mean, we can't look away from that. I think it's just a matter of Flair. Flair still did it when there were territories too. Yeah, Jericho has never had to do that so much. But I will say this again: when he left WWE, he's been bouncing around doing the New Japan stuff, now AEW. So I don't know. I mean, maybe there is an argument to be made for him being the modern day version of at least that sort of, like you said, status in the in the wrestling business. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he is fighting like the who's who that nobody else is really fighting. I mean, because you, you kind of say, well, who do you want to fight? You, you, it, that's yeah. the guy. I mean, no, I like, think nobody's going to say, well, I'm going to fight John Cena. I, I think the big difference the is that universally a lot of people always looked at Ric Flair as the best wrestler, yeah. you know, regardless of where you were. I don't know that that's the case with Chris Jericho. I think a lot of people think he's great, and he is. 
But I don't yeah. know. I don't know that a lot of people think he's the best wrestler. And I think, and you and I think, probably I don't think he's the measuring stick. Enjoyed like his different matches and stuff. But there's been frustrating times because, like, the Kevin Owens match at Mania. Where it's oh like, right, oh, for sure. Be but if we try to pretend there was never any frustrating times with Ric Flair, then we're lying to ourselves. The dude had a oh. ton of stupid gimmicks and stupid. The Black Scorpion. Oh my gosh, Dave! For Christ's sake, yeah. I mean, well, let's not pretend I, I, that this I, led I, to great I, stuff. I all wonder. The time. Can, can I can I go off the tangent and tell you a cool story about that? As long as it's not incredibly long, sure. Okay, okay. when the, when the Black Scorpion thing was going around, there's a guy who knew these, these wrestling shows. He kind of looked like Hulk Hogan. He called himself Roddy Hogan. Yeah. And when the Black Scorpion gimmick was going on, this is like I think before they even knew like who it was going to be, he dressed as the Black Scorpion. Right. It went to one of the WCW house shows, and he was in the front row because he, he knew people. And it was like Flair, I think, was like fighting Sting in the match. And like the whole time, like Flair was like kept looking at it because he kept he's so perplexed by like, like, why is a black scorpion guy here? <laughs> and stuff. And then later, of course, it turned out to be, uh, you know, Ric Flair. Cause I think it's going to be like El Perez at one time or whatever. Right. Which is a long forgotten name. And nobody would have known, known who that was. But yeah. I mean, let's not, let's not pretend that Ric Flair always had the best stuff. I mean, that's the, no, nobody does. Well, it, it, it was to me like where it changed is when he went back to WCW and like after like post NWO, like it just wasn't the same. Like, I don't think. Well, of course right. not. Of course not. But I mean, we could go back and cherry pick through Ric Flair's, you know, career and find yeah. things that weren't very good. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's going to be people you're not going to have great chemistry with. There's going to be people that it's just how it is. I I wish. Well, I know this. Like, I know, I always love the Savage. I mean, he just tried to carry. Who was it? Um. Oh, Von Erich. Um, which one? Carrie Von Erich. Carrie. He tried to yeah, carry yeah. Carrie Von. No pun intended. Carrie Von Erich to good matches and. <sighs> They just weren't that good. No, you know, carry had a certain style that didn't work. And that's anybody. what I'm saying. It's like it's not always good. You know, even yeah. with Ric Flair, I liked his match with Savage uh, at WrestleMania Eight. But right, the of re- but the rematch for the title was so bad they had to retape it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. It's because so he didn't. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm done here and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, in any event, so don't really know how to answer your question, James. I, I, we I, did. Sorry, we, we we went over here. I think you can make an argument for Jericho being in that kind of realm, but I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wouldn't be fair to Flair. I don't know if that's true. Woo. I don't know. That. I don't know. Charlotte Flair will have the title range. She's going to beat the record. Well, that has nothing to do with being actually like Ric Flair. Just no. No. Number. No. In any event. All right. So next week, episode 105, because this is 104. I didn't even say that before. Yeah. Um, episode 105 will be us previewing Stomping Grounds because, you know, why? how could we not have a show to preview, for Christ's sake? Yeah. Oh, my God. Six matches announced so far. I don't care. Four too many. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll dive into that next week and uh, try to muster uh, mu- muster up some uh, mustard. Try to muster up some energy uh, for I, that. I, and mustard, I'm thinking about mustard right now. I'm, my lunch with some cheese and some chicken. Oh and stuff. my god, stop! Anyways, I think <laughs> that um, if nothing else, we usually get to see the pay per views, and they're usually pretty good, with the exception of things like Super Showdown. <sighs> so maybe at least I can be excited about the pay per view, if I, if not the actual weekly product. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. In any event, uh, as always, Facebook.com slash ESPR99 on the Twitter at ESPR99 or email us ESPR at FM99.com. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. So stick around uh, and make sure you eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. No, swallow. Oh. Woo!